Do you love iced coffees from Starbucks, macchiatos from Dunkin', or McCafe from McDonald's? Meet Java Sock, your drink's new best friend. With Java Sock, gone are the days of the drips, condensation rings, heat, or cold on your hand. With hundreds of adorable, seasonal, personable styles to choose from on their site, there's a Java Sock for every on-the-go drink. What the hell? Did you hear that? No, I didn't. I just heard the video. <laughs> Do you love iced coffees from Starbucks, macchiatos from Dunkin', or McCafe from McDonald's? Meet Java Sock, your drink's new best friend. With Java Sock, gone are the days of the drips, condensation rings, heat, or cold on your hand. With hundreds of adorable, seasonal, personable styles to choose from on their site, there's a Java Sock for every on-the-go drink you can think of. Coming in an array of sizes, cuts, and shapes, there's a sock for every occasion. Visit Socket.com or by clicking the link in the description and use code 2Ghouls10 for 10% off of your entire order anytime from now until April 20th, 2022. Thank you, JavaSock, for supporting 2Ghouls Podcast. We're going to take a second to talk about today's sponsor, The Lesson Foundry. The Lesson Foundry is a 100% remote music lesson site. They have passionate and incredibly skilled teachers that provide classes for singing, flute, guitar, just to name a few. With all lessons being totally remote, this resource gives you the opportunity to maximize the time you have with your teachers during each lesson and less time commuting to your appointments. The Lesson Foundry is extremely easy to use and laid out in a very user-friendly format. You can see details about each and every teacher, including how many years of experience they have, degrees that they have in the field, and other related achievements. All lessons can be catered for you to learn exactly what you want and how you want to. Most half-hour sessions cost between $35 to $40 per week and signups are for one month. However, you can cancel it at any time. This is a perfect gift for yourself or for the music lover in your life. The Lesson Foundry has been kind enough to provide our listeners with an exclusive promo code for $25 off of your purchase of any lessons by using code 2GHOULS, 2GHOULS. Uh, call 410-404-8226 to speak with a representative about the Lesson Foundry or click the link in the description below. Thank you, Lesson Foundry. Welcome to the Two Ghouls Podcast. I'm Katie, and this is my lovely co-host and cousin... Sam. Really? What? Like, I don't believe that shit. Oh. Oh, they photoshopped their grave oh. and they did it for months. Oh, hell no. I'm not looking at that. Oh, hell no. I'm not looking at that. Wow. Until they got King Eddie, Michelangelo. I literally have a picture on my computer screen right now. It's fucking real, dude. <laughs> We're going to go, wow, wow. Oh, hell no. I'm not looking at that. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome We're to the stream. Switched. We're switched. Oh, yeah, we are. Normally, hey, that's my seat. <laughs> I wonder why we're switched. That's so weird. Oh well, I'm gonna pull it I out know. so we can get our uh, get our get our socials going for you guys. To check us out. Check yeah, us look out. At, look at my kids' toys on the floor. You know, one. <laughs> <laughs> the, all of the rest of them are like pushed over here and Dude, like in a basket. You seem, you, all the spirit boxes out. You should see the rest <laughs> of my house right now. It's like ungodly anyway yeah mine was too thank god danny came home and swept the floors because i couldn't do it Mm. danny's a saint he really is oh shit i should have my glasses on oh well he's he's literally the best because i fucked my back up somehow and it's finally feeling better and i was like 
I am not taking the risk of sweeping the floor because I think sweeping the floor is what fucked it up in the first place. Oh, my God. So I was like, I'm not taking the risk. You should show everybody the bump today because it's popping today, guys. Literally. (laughs) Check it out. The the bump is popping. Look at that. Baby's up front. Literally Legos and shit in the background (laughs) on the table. Sorry, y'all. See my house, man. It's it's like, oh my god, the table's a mess. There's like crumbs all over it. It's literally just River's table. Oh my god. So it's covered in crap. You know, this is real life. It (laughs) is. You know what? If anyone has an issue with it, fuck off. Hire me a maid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah hire me a maid and they'll do something about it yeah exactly. i almost hired a maid service the other week dude because i was dead ass like i'm done i'm done I'm done cleaning this house i've looked at it so many times i've cleaned it so many times and as soon as sunny wakes up from her nap it's like nothing happened explosion i mean it's like i didn't do anything it looks yep. like shit everything looks like shit <laughs> yep so oh oh i want to show this stream what joey just came home and showed us oh yeah um, <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. So Joey so Joey comes home and he sends us a picture in the group chat of a snake on my front fucking porch and I snakes. hate them. <laughs> hey, like I think about them and I get chills. Like I can't I can't look up pictures of them either, especially copperheads. Copperheads. Oh, no, those scare me. The way they are colored is so scary. They look so fierce. They look like they're going to eat me. Oh my god! Um, and then he yeah, says, "Like, was traumatized. look at how long it is." I mean, are you kidding me? And come to on find out, it was the on the fucking porch that I walked on like thirty minutes ago. I was like, "God damn it!" All right. Anyway, I, I so digress. Funny. I hate snakes. I just wanted to show you guys. Anyway, let's jump into the uh, disclaimers tonight. So if you guys get easily offended, <laughs> don't yeah. watch the show. Don't, please don't watch I'll that. read you a more official um, <laughs> decree of our uh, trigger warnings here. But um, today is going to be a great episode. We are going to be talking about the Duggars, and we're going to be talking about Waco, Texas. And I know nothing about Waco, Texas, but Duggars I could talk about all day. So I'm excited <laughs> for Sam to come in with that. Uh, I wanted to thank our our, 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 our sponsors. We have Javasak. Today, you. you can use a code, two ghouls for 25. Oh, that's, that's wrong. I'm reading the wrong one. <laughs> two ghouls, 10. Two ghouls ten for that's that's yeah. right that's our Java slot code and then uh, t- uh, lesson foundry is the one I'm getting mixed up we were promo codes mixed up yeah all go. right anyway these are real people that we're discussing if descriptive supposedly true stories centering around gory real life topics paranormal encounters and or anything surrounding extremely descriptive true narratives involving terror murders sexual interactions mental health anything violent or potentially cruel in nature we suggest that you gtfo get the fuck out this podcast is not for you this podcast (laughs) is not for you (laughs) diana's here hi diana really hey oh man hi diana oh becca's here all right guys if you want your horoscope red go ahead and drop it in the chat and we will go ahead and read those out for you guys but now we're gonna do dude what is my horoscope today are you ready do you want yeah. to look at it? Should I should I share my screen or should I just read it? How oh, I just, just read it. Surprise! Knocked myself in the chin. I uppercutted <laughs> myself with the mic. Okay, so Katie is a Cancer. So her horoscope says 
you're looking good and your social skills are at their peak. Therefore, social events and group activities that you might attend today could well be the most satisfying and beneficial you've known in a long time. I do People- feel that way so far. I feel yeah. like this has been very fun. That's, and I, I had I had like a beach day with my girlfriend. And now oh, yeah, I, that's right. normally I'm like very depleted socially, but I feel charged. So hell yeah. yeah. Hell got, yeah. And we got Banana six viewers right now. Yeah, our little guys. babies we, like that TikTok that you made. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you guys are here. Oh Liam's oh my god. Oh my <laughs> god, Liam. <laughs> good morning. I'm Liam. shocked. Hello, good morning from Australia. Yeah, Liam has a podcast with his friend Joseph called the Talking Monsters Podcast. Monsters. You can find them on Spotify. I watched their not watch. I listened to their Skinwalker episode. Very interesting, and their um, their banter between each other is very much like yeah. our speed. So, if you yeah. guys are looking for an audio only podcast, definitely check out, check uh, out Talking Monsters. And it's funny because Liam's in Australia, so right now it's like five thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's like <laughs> isn't it exactly twelve hours yeah. different? Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. wow, true fan, true fan. We appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate um, it. That is so funny that your horoscope said that. That is so weird. Like that Strange. one, that's probably the most accurate one I've ever had. That kind was creepy. Now I'm like, okay, now Ooh, I need yours to know is what mine be. says. Mm, I hope it's good. Watch it be like terrible. And be like, hmm. Oh my you might wake up today feeling a little grumpy and out of sorts. See, <laughs> you oh can aspire God. to nothing more than strenuous, nothing more strenuous than spending the day without any distractions or other than a good book. However, by the middle of the day, a warm and loving letter or phone call is likely to snap you out of your reclusive mood. You could spend the evening strolling through your community, visiting shops or restaurants. You know what? That's actually it's actually pretty accurate. I woke up, so? didn't feel good. Danny had to um, go back into the office full time. And he mm. was told literally yesterday. So Danny has been, he's been at home for months working yeah. remotely. And then all of a sudden yesterday afternoon, right before he gets off, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, y'all need to start coming in full time. So Mm, mm, mm. I'm, you know, 21 weeks pregnant. I've got two at home, one of them under a year old. So I was just like, man, this is going to suck. Like I had no time to transition the kids. Mm. Um, So yeah, this morning I wasn't feeling the greatest, but um, him and I had a good talk over text message and he did say something really sweet to me. And then I was just like, okay, (laughs) Mm, that's good. All right. Let's see. Uh, Becca asked first. So I'm going to do Sag. All right, here's the Sagittarius horoscope. The right moment to ask for a raise or apply for a promotion or new job could come your way today, but you'd better make use of it or the op- opportunity could pass you by. A chance for a romance and enc- a romantic encounter or fun evening with friends could also come up. Whatever pleasant things arise today uh, aren't sure things, so don't let them escape. They could be significant milestones for you. Hmm. Well, Becca, good luck with the promotion oh, or a raise, girl. Yeah, God, I <laughs> Get hope it. Something good happened to you today. And I think my mom. Hi, mom. My mom asks next, and she Scorpio, is a right? Scorpio. Yep, just like Sunny Bunny. That's and then I, I think, yeah. And then I think Diana's next, and she said Pisces. So okay, we'll do Scorpio, and then we'll do Pisces, 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 Pisces. 
Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Scorpio says a lack of communication on the part of your mate or perhaps a business partner can cause you to feel uncertainty about the relationship. Don't fall into this trap. Use your warmth and understanding to open up the communication between you. You'll probably find that all is basically well. Your partner just needs some space. Take some space for yourself too. A little solitude might do you some good. That's funny because my dad's Ooh. just like very much that's funny. content and like being alone and by himself keith question mark no way. <laughs> huh oh keith my god yeah mark? yes wow literally all right and for diana pisces funny because danny's a pisces too let's see a warm loving phone call or letter that's weird that's weird <laughs> like text messages oh diana you'll have to know is this weird for you is this yeah a, is this a good one so far a warm, loving phone call or letter could come your way today from a lover or close friend who's presently out of town. You'll wish with all your heart that he or she could be home. In the meantime, That's you're weird. like, yeah. In the meantime, you're likely to keep yourself quite busy. Creative projects, activities in your community, or both could keep you too busy to miss anyone too much tonight. Spend some time alone. He's spending no time alone tonight, baby. Fuck? Oh my god! And the part where it said, "Oh, you'll, but you'll be distracted by work. You'll be or busy." Other... The fuck? I mean, yeah, so we weird. were. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. You know, the stars, they be aligning, bro. That's crazy, man. That's, wow. That was. How does everybody feel? How was your horoscope today? What, what yeah, are you let us know what chat? you guys are yeah. feeling from that. That's that was crazy. like the most accurate one that we've had so far. That was, that was freaky. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm, I'm surprised yours didn't say, look out for a snake on your porch. Yeah. <laughs> why, why didn't my horoscope warn me? <laughs> are we in the other room? Why didn't you warn me? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> He said, "Cause, because oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't believe I walked past that snake." Yeah, that's scary. I would have freaked mm. out. Mm. It's disgusting. What's next? What's next? What, what is doing? next? What's next? You tell me. Joey says, "Oh, the fact that we're in a simulation is what's next." <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Let's Jeez. let's cause more anxiety. <laughs> Possibly in the matrix. True. Actually, true. Hey, Joey, can you find me my notebook? Um. And I'm going to actually run an ad for you guys. We have yeah. friends that um, recently reached out to us and wanted to know if we would play their promo in our video. And I was like, hell yeah, you guys seem really cool. And I think you guys will like them too, especially if you're a big fan of Two Ghouls. You guys will really like Ghouls Trip. Hello, everyone. We'd love to introduce you to the paranormal podcast Ghouls Trip. We are a podcast duo run by two female ghost hunters, Ivy and Hannah. We love to research, investigate at, and sometimes debunk your favorite haunting tales. We also dive into the land of cryptids and legends and lore from far away. Right now, you can find episodes covering topics such as the famously haunted Sally House, the infamous West Virginia Penitentiary, Bigfoot, the Salem Witch Trials, and so much more. You can find us on most podcast platforms and Instagram at Ghouls Trip Podcast or Twitter at Ghouls Trip Pod. We hope you'll join us on our Ghouls Trip. Yay! Oh, that was so sweet, cute. right? Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, go go check them out, guys. They're uh, Ghouls Trip Podcasts all over on all over all over the um, social medias. All over the internet. All over the internet. Diana said, I'm going on a first date with a professor (gasps) from University of Las Vegas on Saturday. (gasps) 
Wow. The horoscopes are popping off today. What is it that makes them so accurate today? Creepy. Oh my God. That's strange. Well, go (laughs) off though, sis. Go off, sis. (laughs) Zaddy professor. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Joey's finding me my notebook. So notebook, notebook. I don't know where it went. Honestly, I probably left it right there, actually. Sorry, oh, guys. Is I it under I, your laptop? I thought I had it. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I'm looking for it, though. Um, Joey, I think it's going to be probably next to Put it. Check the desk. Check your butt, Joey. Check your butt. <laughs> check your booty. Right. Well, at least while I'm doing that, I'll run one of our other ads. <laughs> okay. Bear with us, guys. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Do you love iced coffees from Starbucks, macchiatos from Dunkin', or McCafe from McDonald's? Meet Java Sock, your drink's new best friend. With Java Sock, gone are the days of the drips, condensation rings, heat, or cold on your hand. With hundreds of adorable, seasonal, personable styles to choose from on their site, there's a Java Sock for every on-the-go drink you can think of. Coming in an array of sizes, cuts, and shapes, there's a sock for every occasion. Visit Socket.com or by clicking the link in the description and use code 2Ghouls10 for 10% off of your entire order anytime from now until April 20th, 2022. Thank you, JavaSock, for supporting 2Ghouls Podcast. Found Here we it. are. Yay! Found it. We're going to be talking about the it, Duggars. Oh, boy. So. I want you to look up pictures while we're looking at them because I want everybody yeah. to see who I'm talking about. You know, just get a visual of the fact of, like, that the, the pedophiles look like fucking normal people. All right. Let me pull it up. Once I find a good one, I'll share my right, screen. Good. I'm going to talk while you're looking. So background is going to be. Oh, my God. All right. The background. <laughs> okay. The background of this family is very triggering to me because I grew up very similarly. I grew up very conservative Christian, uh, you know, wore the skirts. I wore dresses a lot. I barely wore pants. It was always skirts and dresses, long hair, Jesus, Jesus, mm-hmm. yay, God, all that stuff. I, and all of my education was also Christian based. Um, so a lot, I don't know. I just, I, I related with these girls a lot. And I had actually seen Understandably. them. Yeah. And I had seen them at a, uh, what's it called? Convention. I went to go to a homeschool convention. As Wait, well. really? Yes, I did. And saw them? And saw them. I sat in the elevator with them at one point. I was fangirling over this family at one point. Oh, wow. So I loved, I loved 20 Kids and Counting. I'm sure you guys are well aware of 20 Kids and Counting because it is a very bizarre show. But it was genuinely like I related with these girls a lot. So when this happened, it like fucked with me. Yeah, like rocks your world. It did. I remember it was like year that I was going into college, the shit that came out about Josh touching his younger sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was before we knew that he was a yeah. P word uh, later on. A lot of a lot of people just, oh my wine. Oh, boxed wine. Okay, Hell yeah. Boxed wine. It's like a juice box. Oh, I love those. We said, oh, yeah. I snuck one of those into the movie theater before. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, but anyway, so grew up very Christian, very conservative, uh, wear, you know, wear, wear certain clothes, have your hair a certain way kind of family. Um, married young, high expectations. Their belief is to be fruitful and multiply. They have very strange safeguards, and I'm putting those in quotations because the parents, after what happened, they decided to put up safeguards for the girls so right. that the boys wouldn't be able to do what they had done. Yeah. Strange. Very. No. All right. I'm going <laughs> to get into that in a second. Let me put a note to come back to it because that part's interesting once we get through this. <laughs> um, they were independent Baptists with heavy morals is what they say to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already told you about the time that I saw them and my mom specifically, I remember my mom and I had recently had a conversation about this time that we saw them. And she was like, you know, I'm not going to deny that I could definitely tell as a mother that Michelle, who's the mother of all of these kids Mm -hmm. was definitely making some eyeballs at her daughters when they would say certain things, kind of like, why would you say that kind of look or watch what you say almost like you could just tell what she was thinking the the like be sweet thing yes like uh, i think it's a mormon thing but like the be quiet and be sweet yes yeah like keep it zipped up sissy but like the girls they were up there talking and they were talking about their upbringing and how appreciative they were of every of everything that their parents did and i just remember it felt well i don't remember it because i thought it was normal but my mom was like i could definitely look at her and tell that she had different intentions than what she was presenting right um but yeah anyway i'm sorry my note taking is like all over the place i'm just doing a very conversational style hope you guys are okay with that um we believe that god says how many kids oh yeah all right i wrote that down because she and and a, a few of her children believe this that they all believe that god is basically your birth control God what? says when you're done. You know oh, what I'm saying? I've heard of that where it's like, oh, well, you won't get pregnant if God doesn't want you to get pregnant. Yes. So it's like you can do the deed and yes. all the way and nothing will happen if he does if he doesn't think that you're ready for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how yeah. biology works. Well, that is it's and and you know what's funny? Doesn't it make you kind of think of witchcraft a little bit that they believe in the deity, the deity that they believe in? They're like, oh well, he'll say when we need to stop, so we'll just keep having sex, and then he will decide for us. It's almost like believing. I don't know something something about know. believing in something that you can't see is just strange. Strange. Yeah. It's a little funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it funny? so we're gonna be talking about josh jim bob and michelle today um i wanted to write down and i highlighted this the past will always come back no matter what something it's always going to come back up in some way or another right and basically that's what happened so the beginning of the first assaults happened in 2002 to 2003 what ended up happening was that josh duggar molested multiple people uh he was 15 years old supposedly when he molested his sisters one of the sisters was only five at the time an undisclosed and this is how it came out okay this shit's crazy an undisclosed person wrote down josh's actions on a piece of paper and placed it in a book that they had gotten from the library 
The crazy part, that same book was loaned out to a member of the Duggar Church, and it got out. Oh, I guess God meant for that to happen. Yeah, I know. Fucking right. Mm. That's interesting, right? So basically, Mm. yeah, someone who was just loaning a book at the library, like, was, like, opening up the book, and a piece of paper fell out, and it was like, Josh did this. Josh did that. Josh Duggar did this. And so then I guess they went to go report it to probably some of the leaders of the church and um, apparently Michelle and Jim Bob were very involved with their church. So I'm sure they had to talk to the, to the church elders and that's how it got out. Right. Um, The first police report I'm going to go into March of 2002, one of Jim Bob's children came to him upset and crying. Josh had been touching one of the girls on their breast V areas when they were sleeping and that it had happened at least four to five times at that point. And then conf- five. Yes. When confronted, when they came up to Josh and they were like, Hey, did you do this? He admitted that he did it. Jim Bob said that him and Michelle after this first time had disciplined him. However, the police report doesn't ever say how they did. So a lot of people, the, the main issue with, Josh being a pedophile that people have with the Duggars is that Jim Bob and Michelle never seem to have handled it well. And they explained it off a lot. Right. Just pushed it off. And we're like, that's typical normal behavior for children to go. Absolutely not. Touching your five-year-old sister. Right. It's normal if you're like two and two. Not when you're 15 years old, one year away from getting your driver's license driving in some cases, you have the basic knowledge to not touch those areas, especially right. younger, younger babies. Siblings. It's, it's siblings. And it's like, I know. it's kind of like how we were talking about the last time that we talked about the Duggars, about how you asked me if like these cults breed like predators. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I just had pop into my head is that if he was taught normal, healthy, sexual, or otherwise relationships, he may have just been grabbing a, like, 15-year-old girlfriend's boobs instead of his five-year-old sister. And instead of actually addressing the issue and getting him help – to try and make sure that this kind of shit doesn't happen when he's a grown man. They didn't send him to therapy to try and get some like actual help. They're just like, you should read the Bible. Probably you're going to get really mad at what I tell you what they ended up doing. Cause I found (sighs) out. Um, okay. Second police report, which mind you, both of these police reports, they were filed at the same time that the second one was reported. So like, the shit that had happened back in 2002, 2003 was reported in 2006. Right, I guess okay. the church had eventually forced Jim Bob and Michelle to kind of like, you know, you should go to the police about this. Right. Um, in March of 2003, Josh had been reported doing it again, put his hand under one of his sister's dresses and groped them. Jim Bob pulled together a meeting with the church elders to discuss what should be done. Um, church elders being the deacons and the older ones. You need to find him a treatment program is what they basically told him. Um, And this program, I would love to read to you. I'm not going to give the name for it just because I don't want to get in any legal trouble. (laughs) But um, 
they have been, it says, a base, I wrote basically a program that has been notably accused of actually making these kinds of behaviors in people much worse. And if you oh, wanted okay. to look into it, Bill Gothard is the leader of this program. He's the head of the program, and he's been accused of touching women and children for almost a decade. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he's the leader. You're going to let a guy who's been accused of this same thing treat these kids who are dealing with these issues that, you know, very well much could be resolved and fixed before they become a grown person who's finished going through puberty. Yeah. I don't know what like the statistics are, but I feel like before your hormones balance the hell out, if you Mm -hmm. got some serious intense therapy and mental health help that you know there is more of a chance that you wouldn't keep doing the same thing instead you put him in a treatment center where the guy who's running it does the same thing mm-hmm. that pisses me off yeah so and it's i mean like, pretty much everybody a- said it got worse when they went in it got yeah. worse because i mean yeah it's like who's leading you oh a person that also does it because that makes fucking sense right Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, I wrote down he was also known for taking these same victims. Oh, yeah. Listen to this. Bill Gothard basically was like Papa Noth in the Outlast game that we were playing. He basically became the landlord to all of these women that were willing to go underneath of his wing. And he didn't let them leave the house made sure they dressed a certain way, made sure their hair was a certain way, and he sexually assaulted them. Um, 18 the people fuck? over decades. What Only 18 recorded. Yeah. Fucking crazy. So literally he had like his own rented community of these women that he could control. Isn't That's that fucking crazy? Yeah, I have never heard Gothard. any of this part, so it's fucking just like crazy. That's mind-boggling to me. I know. So, all right, what goes on in this program, and what's interesting is that it wasn't just the program, it was also the curriculum that they used for in homeschool. So Uh he was already being told these same principles, which if you guys don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Christian principles, or at least conservative Christian principles, they believe that the wife needs to shut up and sit down and that the husband is the head and the neck. Like there's no equality in marriage. There is the wife that has the babies, as many babies as God says, and she stays home, cooks the food, does the laundry, takes care of the man, takes care of the babies. That's her sole purpose. And I guarantee you, anybody that I went to school with five years ago would say they believe the same thing. And I believe the same thing at one point as well. And I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah. It is a very, very, very toxic way to live. But that is that what mindset I feel like is so dangerous. Yeah. And what I feel like that sort of mindset about like the submissive wife that your duty is to do all of these things for your husband and for your family, yeah. that to me, that leads to domestic violence. Yes. And yeah. that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fully man. agree with you. Yeah. So obviously I'm a changed man, but um, our friend Josh over here is not. And now she's like this, get the snake, Joey. I'm telling you right now, you better go to the you up, Joey. <laughs> he just looks at me. So um, this, this, is, this is really, this is going to be nice and spicy. You're going to like this one. Oh, so boy. this is a literal screenshot that I printed from the curriculum that Josh took. So explaining oh, the principles a little bit, you can kind of gather what they believe from this one quote. 
The question was, why did God let sexual abuse happen to you? The bullet points say immodest dress, indecent exposure, being out from protection. Mind you, he's talking to the girls. Being with evil friend. And it just screams, sexual assault is your fault. That's what they're saying. That, I literally have like goosebumps. I don't isn't know that, isn't that so scary? That, that makes That's me in the want curriculum. to punch somebody. Homeschool curriculum, bro. You're drilled into your brain that if mm. something like that happens to you, it's your fault. You did something wrong. You wore your hair the wrong way. You mm-hmm. dressed the wrong way. Your skirt was too short. Too much of your ankle was showing. Mm-hmm. Your collarbone showed. Fuck that. That pisses me off. It is so awful to think that no matter what you wear, you could potentially be sexually assaulted because a man can't control himself around you. It's like, you're fucking nuts. That's fucking crazy. Do people not see the issue with the men not having any self-control to the point that they go all the way to assault? Mm Mm-hmm. Did, mm-hmm. They don't see the issue with that, but they would rather point the finger a finger at the woman who wore yes. a, a too short of a skirt. Yes, which I have fu- a debate for you at the end of this because, <sighs> oh my god, I fully agree with you. I'm gonna have to play devil's advocate because um, it's infuriating to me. It's infuriating. It makes me want to show the fact that I don't shave my armpits to say fuck Bro, gender roles. Yeah, <laughs> literally, like, fuck it gender pisses roles. Me off. I agree with you. Um. So, yeah, that came from the curriculum. That's what our five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds are reading in their math lessons. <laughs> That's disgusting. In math? Well, you, be- oh, you wouldn't just- believe me, but Joey, shut up. <laughs> he goes, I believe you. <laughs> um, you just wouldn't believe. Like, they managed to figure out how to make Christianity pop up in mathematic class. Um, there would be a lot of prayer before math. There would be... Um, science class, we had to learn it from a creation, creationary. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like God created the world in seven days. Yeah. Viewpoint. So it's like God, God everything. is, God is science. the center of my education right. and everything like, revolved around it. Like, oh yes, oh, we believe man. that this happened with frogs and evolution because God did this, this, and like, we only took things as god you know i don't know That's if that makes insane. sense but yeah it's like science but because god yes god yes. is the science yes that, it, and the bible was our That's our so wall to hide behind indoctrinating to me like, i wish i wish i could have like recorded some of my um classes that i went to at liberty or something, or at least taking notes, because the shit that I remember my professor standing in front of like 400 of us saying is shocking. And I really feel like if I heard it now, I would have stood up and said something and left because right. it was just so awful. But anyway, that's essentially what they're learning. It's the same concept of right. education that I had is what they had. So that's why it's so triggering to me about this subject. I can, because it's I can like, only imagine. And that's why I heavily believe that these toxic Christianity type bubbles that people put themselves in, I feel like it does breed child predators in a sense because you're, you're excusing them. You're saying, oh, well, he only raped her because her leg was showing or she was asking for it or whatever. 
it's just well in the same like with domestic abuse how i just said well my wife wasn't doing her wifely duties so yeah you know i I hit her it's like well she wasn't doing that because so that's what made i'm like like you have no fucking self-control you fucking nasty ass right like (laughs) i'm sorry guys no like i'm like infuriated i'm sweating i'm getting i can't blame you like i can't imagine how triggering that has to be for you it's so i'm like this is what i learned and believed and if i had been a pedophile or like somebody creepy oh my god like that's so awful to think that there is a curriculum out there not only just like raising our children but educating our children about rape being the victim's right i was gonna say like like if something happened to you when you were in college you know thank god it didn't like if you were assaulted you would have been questioning what you did yes instead of being like this is fucking wrong Mm -hmm. and this is what happened and getting help or getting the person in trouble you'd be like what did i do i know and you're fucking right so i just wanted to really like drive that point home as I wrote a bunch of bullet points, I'm all over the place. I feel guilty about it. Don't. Um, okay, I won't. I'll try not to. <laughs> Family, friend, and cop. Okay, this part is just, just as juicy. <laughs> okay, so what ended up happening, this is what Jim Bob and Michelle did, not the first time, but the second time around, the second time that he was accused of touching his sisters. Right. They were like, fine, we're going to take you to the... Uh, we're going to take you to so-and-so's house. Well, he was a cop that went to church with them. They were friends with him. And they figured maybe he would have a stern talking with him. It would be fine, whatever. Right. Put it on somebody else. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, give him a stern talking to and, quote, put the fear of God in him is what I can remember from that video. Scare him. And just scare him. You know, make him feel like he's going to get into jail if he continues doing this. And ultimately, it's like, (laughs) but anyway, this same cop was arrested for child porn. What? He is in jail as we speak. Oh, my God. He is in jail for the same fucking shit that Josh was doing. Is, is isn't insane. that just crazy? It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? This is insane. I know. In- okay. I know. I know. I know. I'm speechless. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. God, In 2015, this is when my world was shattered from the Duggar family. This is the year I was going to college. 2015, an In Touch article came out of Jim Bob and Michelle on Megan Kelly. We condemn things that this cop friend has done since, since, you know, since he committed. But he put the fear of God into Josh and the time, or wait, at the time of the deadline. Okay, so what I mean by that <laughs> is the they were like, we, we, don't, we're, we disagree with what the cop has since done. But we believe that right. what he said to Josh was good enough to scare Josh enough that he's not a child predator oh i can't roll my eyes hard enough <laughs> the child predator talked enough sense into the other child predator so, so it's he's all not good. a child predator so you know it well. like it evens out and negate they negate each other <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh. at the end of it they were like well we i guess we did he just didn't do enough because you know since then josh has had allegations come out against him which i'll get into but anyway they said and i quote we had professional counseling we're all good. 
Come to find out the counseling that they had was from a friend in their church that was also a spiritual leader. So it was a family friend. Reiterate, it was an echo chamber of, you know, because I mean, they went down, they went down to talk to a friend. It's, you know, great. They're a therapist, but you also know them. You need to talk to somebody unbiased, somebody that has no connection to you whatsoever. And somebody who's not just going to slam the Bible in your face and say, read this first, read this first, read this Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. I'd love to know what you guys are thinking so far. Cause this, this, the more I listened to this video, I was like, I was wild and I was freaking out. All right. So Jill and Jessa, who you can look up Jill and Jessa Duggar while I'm talking about them. They came out saying they were mad that the private police, um, report was even being brought up since the matter in their opinion had already been handled in their own way that they had already taken care of it they were mad that they were bringing up like bad blood again um and they felt that it was handled and that the media was all they were doing was bringing up uh, painful memories and disrupting the peace that they had built over the years Oh, man. So, you know, they were standing up for their brother, and I hate that because what he ended up doing afterwards was fucking gross. All right. Terrible. (laughs) So TLC cancels the show right after that came out. Um, Ashley Madison. Oh, you remember this one? Yeah. Ashley Madison is a cheating website for people that are in committed relationships or married relationships looking to cheat. Um, right. It's a very bizarre website, but it's real. And um, yeah, it's like it a tender, but yeah. for affairs. So keep in mind, Josh has already been in trouble for touching his sisters multiple times in his childhood. So that's case number one. The other issue is that he came out off of the Ashley Madison website because there was a leak of usernames and his name was in there. He got in trouble for that. Okay. And his wife knows. Yeah. You should look up his wife, Anna. Anna his right. wife still is married to this man. Insane. And what I'm going to tell you next is anyway. So, yeah, this is Anna. And Anna has, or I don't know where she is. Anna Doug. Hold on. I'm about, to, I'm about to pull it up. There we go. That's her. She's beautiful. And that's our guy. Um, She believes, and I'm going to go into this next part just discussing that I also used to subscribe to this belief that you stay with the husband no matter what, you know, because God Mm -hmm. has ordained you to be together, whatever. Um, (laughs) It's toxic (laughs) as fuck. And I'm like, I look back on it and I cringe, but at least I can say it out loud because I'm like, oh my God, what an awful, what an awful thing to, you know, subscribe to. But anyway, so she believes that she should never leave him no matter what happens. And I'm going to get into this next part and explain what else. (sighs) Josh said after the Ashley Madison case came out, I'm the biggest hypocrite. No shit. That was (laughs) it. I'm the biggest hypocrite. And we're like, really? That's so interesting. And that was his explanation for the whole Ashley Madison case. So, yeah, I was cheating on my wife. She found out publicly. And I'm, yeah, I'm being the biggest hypocrite. And then, I'm always you know, so torn. To hide again. I'm always so torn about how to feel for Anna. It's like, do you feel bad I for know. her or do you just not care because she just sticks around? I'll tell you She's my been- opinion on that because the fact that he has been now involved in pedophilic things 
and she continues yeah. to stay with him and defend him is fucked so fucked. and let her children around him yes and they had a baby in november of last year yeah named madison yes after the fucking ashley <laughs> like which what <laughs> all right then this is the big one 2019 his work computer is searched because covenant eyes which is a website or a program that you can put on your computer that is it's like a monitor so you can't do anything sketchy you can't do anything pornographic or anything right whatever the setting is um he they caught him with cp which is child p um (laughs) jim and michelle they said we appreciate your continued prayers for our family at this time when this was found out this was their uh their plea the account brought against joshua today are very serious it's our it is our prayer that the truth no matter what it is will come to light and that this will all be resolved in a timely manner we love josh and anna and continue to pray for their family they make it sound like it's no big deal. It's insane. And like, I personally, I've never seen it, but I've heard it, heard of it detailed, like in court documents mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what it was specifically one of the videos that he had on his computer. And it is the most notorious CP video that you can find anywhere on the internet, the dark, oh, it's mm-hmm. not on the internet. It's on the dark web, the deep web. I I know what it's called. I mean, it's literally of an infant being tortured to death. Mm, That's so awful. And I just don't understand how they can be so passive. I know. About that. Yeah. So basically they were like, we don't agree with these things that he was accused of. However, we hope the truth comes out. So, you know, the last part, it's like, okay, at least they said that. At least they said they hope the truth comes out no matter what it is. Still. All right. So when he goes to court, come to find out, this guy was caught with 65 images of CP. And there was a two-minute video of a five- to ten-year-old. And I want to tell you something that the judge said, and I quote, it is the worst sexual assault CP that this judge has ever seen. In over a thousand cases. Oh my God. You want to know what Josh said? I was framed by a hit and run hacking scheme. What the hell? That's what? No. <sighs> I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. And the same video you were talking about, one of the files depicted children ranging from 18 months all the way up to 12 years old. That's All of those kids are the same ages of his current children. It's disgusting as fuck. Yeah, I showed a picture of him with uh, Anna and the kids. So let let me pull it back up. Where did it go? Here you go. Oh, that's the blurry one. Here here we go. Like, this is the newest one. Like, you have – oh, my God. Like – Oh, that gives me goosebumps. That gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's insane. It's insane. I can't imagine his brain where he is at work looking at this shit and watching this stuff right in front of his eyes and then turning around and going home to his kids at the same age. 
It's fucked. when you know that that shit's got to be at the front of your brain, yeah. or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not for somebody it's that so would just disturbing to think about that he is still. I don't know if he's currently allowed to be around his children. I'm pretty sure that it has to be monitored. But yeah, all and you want to know what he's facing. Honestly, this, in my opinion, is a good sentencing. I wish that it was life for every life, but it's 20 years in prison for each charge. There was, remember, there were 65 images and a two minute video. So that's what he's facing. He has not been sentenced yet. Oh, no. Um, No. Oh, I thought he got sentenced. Why did I think he got 40 years? Yet to be sentenced, at least from this video that I found, um, which I will link in the description as well, guys. And he is also facing a quarter of a million in fines. And Anna still stands by him holding his hand to this day. Unbelievable. I want to also say the last few things before we just talk about it. But um, what did I write? Lots of people agree with toxic Christianity. It, It is sad to think that there is this whole culture. And I'm not using that word lightly. Like I'm fully aware that there is a cult centered bubble around christianity there is there not is, all there is, there is. Not, not all of the christians are no, in a cult no. but there is absolutely no. like a sector yes. of christianity that is this big yes. tight like unpenetrable bubble and it's fucking weird it's fucking crazy because so much of it is filled with prejudice and 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 um what's the word i'm looking for when you judge someone based on a stereotype, there's so many stereotypical things right. that they agree with just because it's been always been that way or <laughs> it's always been done that way or the Bible yeah. says so. It's When you think about it, it's fucking crazy because there's no logic behind it. It's just, well, I read that in the book, so that's true. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who agrees that I'm, you know, I still love Jesus. <laughs> Right. Like I may not seem like it, but I do. I just don't agree. I mean, it's hard around Christianity. I feel like it would have to be hard to still remain a Christian once your eyes have been open to the manipulation and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I I, still do believe that there is a good God. I just don't trust the people that I'm going to be surrounded with at church. I just don't. I think there's there's something sneaky about it. I think that I felt that way. like exactly like that for a long time, which is why I stopped going to church. And then after I stopped going to church, I found the devil. No, I'm just kidding. I just kind of found mm-hmm. myself after that. But yeah, yeah, it's just scary. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. You know, Sam, I feel like I'm like in the middle and it kind of, and sucks. that's okay. It's okay yeah. to be there and it's okay to be there for a long time too. Honestly. <sighs> it sucks though. Not really knowing what you believe in. Like I can't think of one whole thing that I wholeheartedly like. I'm like, Yes, not belief wise, anyway, you know, right? But anyway, that's hard. Mm. That, yeah, it's hard, especially when so much of your family and friends are Christians, and I love them, and I, you know, I agree with them to an extent, but there is a line that has to be drawn. We cannot accept pedophilic behaviors and actions and write it off like it's nothing. I know being raped is not that person's fault, that's fucked. If you subscribe to that, get Fifi, go away. You're disgusting. You were the scum of the earth. I just, I don't know. My mom said, I'm sure he's already done something to one of his kids. Oh, what? 
bet he has. Are you I kidding wouldn't be me? surprised at oh, this I point. I bet he has anybody that he has access to. He's going to. And he used to go in while his sisters were sleeping. So he yeah. was definitely waiting around for somebody to be slacking. You know what I mean? So yeah. he probably does that with his poor children. And then Diana said, it's been shown that pedophiles cannot be rehabilitated. I believe it. I think that I've heard that before, that it's like, they can abstain, mm-hmm. but they can't be like, you can't fix that part of your brain. There's this whole, there. um, like, people are trying to make it, like, normal again. And I think that's so fucked. I I appreciate that if a pedophile knows they're a pedophile that they can say something. But it's like, dude, you need to be somewhere yeah. that are no you talking one about is. like the maps thing or whatever I think like, so. is, is that, that what it's what it's like something it stands for something like minor attracted person yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 i think you're i think right. that's what it's called but it's, it's on tiktok i think i saw tiktok they, they, it's very heavily on twitter too there's like a whole community it's freaky it's freaky it's, i stopped going to catholic mass when we were asked to contribute funds for attorney fees for pedophile priests <gasps> Uh, yeah, that'd be a good time to st- – that's insane. And see, like, I stopped going wow. to church when some shady shit went down. There was yeah. a divorce going on between two members of the church and mm. what the husband was cheating <gasps> and doing some shady shit. And I think that it, it might have involved, like, underage girls, like 16, 17-year-old oh girls. And the pastor – invited the husband to come live in his basement while they were going through the divorce oh my that's when i left that's so triggering oh my god so it's like we've got diana's side where she stopped going to to mass when Mm -hmm. they were asking for attorney fees for the priest who's committed crimes same thing same sort of thing you know like big divorce going on between two members of the church husband is doing some shady shit and the pastor says come live with me like this isn't a like one-off thing with it's like oh my gosh that never happens that's so this is all the fucking time just like the guy that was running this rehabilitation place that josh went to that ended up being the same as him they just have power that's it it's insane it's It's so bone chilling what an evil world we live in. I mean, mm. really. If you ever, like, and I'm I'm saying this to anybody that will ever listen to this episode, and I doubt it won't be, probably won't be that many people, but the people that do listen, I want you guys to understand that this is so evil to ever take innocence from a child when they are in the throes of childhood. Don't you remember being a kid? How like wonderful and euphoric everything was. Everything is like a movie. I wish that we never had to have that euphoria stop. But at yeah. some point, the innocence is taken away, and you should never rip that out of the hands of a young child. You disgusting, foul person. Yeah, yeah, no way. Don't ever take it. That's disgusting. That's that's my it's, opinion. That though. is pure evil. That is pure evil and that's why he was in our pure evil episode josh duggar right. you piece of fucking shit and i don't believe the <laughs> fucking word that he says and fuck you duggar you family. are a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's that's where i'm gonna end and jim bob brushes everything under the rug treats it like it's nothing and i remember asking <laughs> you a couple episodes back do you think do you subscribe to the thought that 
these kinds of families breed pedophiles. Anything. I think that it can. I think that it, can. I think that it certainly can. It is an, it's an enabler. It is absolutely an enabler. Yeah. I think that it can. And I, I think I still stand by like the fact that I think it's the major suppression of sexual urges, thoughts, everything. And mm. then taught that all of this stuff is bad. Yeah. And then your body's going through all of these hormones. You don't know what to do with it. I think a lot of that and just the unnatural indoctrination and manipulation where everything in your life is surrounded by this one being and doing everything for this one being yeah it just creates so much toxicity that you don't know what could bubble up from that yeah it's scary everybody it's scary. can get along just don't be a dickhead don't do things to children don't kill people it's really not that fucking hard <laughs> and it's disgusting that we have to have an entire curriculum tell kids that rape is their fucking fault that's disgusting yeah that's a, that's crazy that's, that's crazy to that me that alone like that. that is the reason why pedophiles get the green light because somebody yep. says well you just asked for it All right, same thing me. with just like abusers in general yeah whether it's children or not it's i mean especially you are like in with, control of your shit dude it's like with like you, the me too movement it's <sighs> like well you know you were out at a club and you were drunk and wearing a short skirt and your clothes yeah. was out who cares stop looking it's like don't you can you can stop yourself from doing this like you can mm -hmm. you can you can do that i don't know if you know that but you can totally not touch someone or do anything you can just sit still it's it's not that hard sit like on your you hands. honestly yeah god jesus christ it's fucking disgusting but anyway, insane that's my opinion on the duggers <laughs> and i can't wait to hear about waco texas i'm gonna sit i'm back excited and relax. i'm gonna relax. run to the bathroom really quick Go and fill it. up my water bottle if you want to run an ad Go you can. For it. i would All love right. to run an ad hello everyone we'd love to introduce you to the paranormal podcast ghouls trip we are a podcast duo run by two female ghost hunters, Ivy and Hannah. We love to research, investigate at, and sometimes debunk your favorite haunting tales. We also dive into the land of cryptids and legends and lore from far away. Right now, you can find episodes covering topics such as the famously haunted Sally House, the infamous West Virginia Penitentiary, Bigfoot, the Salem Witch Trials, and so much more. You can find us on most podcast platforms and Instagram at Ghouls Trip Podcast or Twitter at Ghouls Trip Pod. We hope you'll join us on our Ghouls Trip. I hope you guys check out that channel. I love that channel. They're great. Those girls are awesome. I hope you guys can support them. Whoops. Whoops. Anyway. Uh, anyways, I hope you guys will go check out our Facebook. We are on Facebook at Two Ghouls. We also just got our website up and running. It's twoghouls.com. You can find our merch on there. We started a blog. We're going to be travel blogging and food blogging. Hopefully, Sam will give you guys some recipes here soon in the fall months. But um, yeah, we're going into summer. So expect some summer ween vibes. I'm excited. And Sam is oh, back. Okay. Chair cam. <laughs> you missed it i was like oh let me just put it on only me so i pressed this button and, and it was just your chair and i was like fuck can you Whoops. hear me when i was yeah, I when can't... i went to just you did oh, it mute I, at all i didn't even notice no 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 nope. okay it's fine all right so let's get into waco texas waco. which Excuse it's me. funny because i didn't know anything about this until until after we did our last Colts episode where we did Heaven's Gate in Jonestown. 
Mm-hmm. My parents came over. And I think it might have been on like Thanksgiving or something. I don't know. They brought up, my dad brought up Waco and he was like, you should talk about Waco. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I know anything about Waco. And then I fell down the rabbit hole. Oh God. I'm (laughs) excited. I can't wait. So, uh, this all happened in 1993. So this is actually, this happened the year that I was born. Mm. And we are going to start with David Koresh. I'm going to show a picture really quick. This is David Crash as a child. It looks like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. What the hell? Kind of, yeah. Ooh, and his, his given name at birth was Vernon Wayne Howell. He was born in 1959 in Houston, Texas. Now, this story starts off completely fucked up because – his mom, when he was born, was 14, and his dad was 20. Huh. So this all starts out, again, with, like... The young children. What is it, it with why? Christians and young kids? And so his mom's his mom's name was Bonnie Sue Clark, and his, his dad's name was Bobby Wayne Howell. And Bobby, um, his dad met another teenage girl and abandoned Bonnie while she was pregnant. So not only was she 14 and pregnant, she was 14 pregnant and alone. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And then, so she started living with someone else because otherwise she was alone. And this person that she started living with was like a raging abusive alcoholic. Wow. Wow. So in 1963, Bonnie left her then boyfriend. Uh, oh no, she left with her then boyfriend. Sorry, and gave um, David to his maternal grandma. So mm. the mom's mom. She gave David to her and was just like, "I'm going to leave with my boyfriend." Keep in mind, this woman's also been married like three times. <laughs> oh my God. And he was four years old. So she basically just like dumped him on her mom and went on to do her own thing until seven when she came back after her marriage to some carpenter named Roy Haldeman. And Bonnie and Roy had a son together named Roger in 1966. Um, David Koresh, he didn't meet his biological dad, Bobby. He didn't meet him until he was 17. Mm. And David says says that his childhood was just like really lonely, mm-hmm. and he s- had dyslexia, and quote poor study skills, and so he was in special ed classes, and he ended up dropping out of high school his junior year. At nineteen, he had an illegal sexual relationship with a fifteen year old girl who got pregnant. Wow. And this is when he claimed to be a born again Christian. Mm. And he joined the Seven Day Adventists. At this church that he joined, he became obsessed with the pastor's daughter. How old was she? A teenager. Oh my God. And so he says that while he was praying about this whole thing, that God 
Oh, God, here we go. God told me. (laughs) God told him to open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, his Bible was open to Isaiah 34, 16, which says, none should want for her mate. And so he was convinced that this was a sign from God. So he approached the pastor about his daughter saying like, God wants me to take your daughter as a wife. What? And so the pastor was like, what the fuck? And threw him out. Oh, really? He didn't believe him? (laughs) He No, but he was just like, fuck off. I guess it's because it was his daughter probably. Mm -hmm. So he threw him out and he continued trying pursuing this daughter of the the pastor. And so he was literally expelled from the congregation at this church. Oh, my God. Yeah. So – After this, he moved to Waco, Texas in 1981, where he joined the Branch Davidians. And the Branch Davidians were an apocalyptic new religious movement funded in 1955 by Benjamin Roden. They regarded themselves as a continuation of General Association of Davidian Seven-Day Adventists. So it's like Seven-Day Adventists. And then you've got General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. And then you've got um, mm-hmm. Branch Davidians. And they progressively get, like, more and more crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he joined the Branch Davidians. And they were an apocalyptic doomsday religious group. And the Branch Davidians had already built a compound called Mount Carmel Center and had been, like, preparing for the second coming. And apparently, like, one of the leaders, his wife, had a prophecy about the end of the world coming and then it didn't happen. And then so they started making the compound bigger to be more prepared. It was – I don't know. That's bizarre. So anyways, at this church, he was – Uh, playing the guitar and he would sing in the church he would sing in the church services and um at the headquarters so people who knew david say that he had the new testament memorized by 14 years old and the entire old testament memorized by 18 years old so he had the good book memorized front to back Wow. By the time that he was 18. That's honestly kind of impressive. Yeah. This guy was smart, but in Mm -hmm. a very gay way. So he says that when he was a child that God spoke to him and told him that he was uh, the Messiah. The Branch Davidians believed that doomsday was coming and they would all die. Like they, they were very much so a doomsday group like that. It's a big focus of this story and why things happened the way that they did. So David Koresh moved his way up in the group and eventually became the leader and the prophet. Once the other leaders had passed away and were no longer there, it was David. He Mm -hmm. immediately took over and he was the prophet. He was the Messiah. And he taught the group to remove themselves from the world, the world being like sin and flesh and desires and to be, you know, only spiritual beings. Right. Very similar to like the Heaven's Gate thing. Mm-hmm. The women had to wear long blouses. Um, 
They had to, they couldn't wear makeup or jewelry. Their shirts had to be long enough to cover their butts. Oh my goodness. Like long skirts, like the Duggars, like it's very much the same sort of thing. Wow. So Margarita Vega was one of the members of the Branch Davidians when all of this was happening. She was a socialite from Hong Kong, very popular. She had one daughter named Ursula and another daughter named um, – I don't have it written right here. I know I eventually right. like write it. But she had two daughters, and they, I think, were half-sisters, but – um, her daughter Ursula is a survivor and says that her mom was outgoing, lived the high life, was always going out, saying that after she joined the group, she just completely let herself go. Um, her daughter said that she wanted to believe um, everything that was being told to her, but she could tell that she wasn't like super duper sure. But David, his whole thing was that he controlled everything. Mm. Everything that happened inside of this compound with these people, he had control over. Um, they couldn't have dairy because apparently milk is baby food. <laughs> so as an adult, there's no reason for you to have dairy because you're not a baby. That was what in his, the world. That was his reasoning behind it. You could have like apples and bananas together, but you couldn't have apples and oranges together. Huh? No, uh, no idea what, why? why that's weird. There was a lot of like fruit, uh, food com combining rules. You couldn't have fruit and vegetables together. Um, huh. no sugar whatsoever. No processed flour. Like it was very, oh my God. like you can't do this, 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 and this. One of the survivors says that, you know, like when it was winter time, they would have onion soup and it was literally just onions boiled in water. What? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? And another one of the survivors said that we knew that we were a cult. We would literally joke about being a cult saying, yep, we're a cult. Like, oh yeah, God. that's us. We're a cult. Um, but then David would talk about how Christianity was a cult. And it was just like, well, this makes sense. And this same survivor also said if you broke a rule, there was a consequence and that David himself would even spank the adults. Oh my God, red mm -hmm. flag. <laughs> That's so fucking gross. I know. And he became so powerful in this group because he was so charismatic and so freaking smart. And group members were willing to give him their children when they would misbehave for him to discipline. And he would beat the ever-loving shit out of these kids. Fuck, dude. Oh, my God. Not only would they give their kids to him to discipline, they also themselves started disciplining their children at eight months old. Oh, my God. And their reasoning behind that is because they were a doomsday group. They believed that the end of the world could happen at any time, and they needed to have their children to be able to obey every single word that they have. Because in Jesus a doomsday Christ. situation, if I tell you to get down and you don't get down, that's you're going to die. And Dude, that's honestly, what they would teach. That's fucking crazy. That's <laughs> what they would teach them, though. That's crazy. <clears throat> God, if God is real, I wonder how he looks down on us sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> like, just Jesus Christ, honestly. 
let's mm. see. <clears throat> so the compound itself was 77 acres. And I'm actually going to share my screen because I have like a blueprint of the. Goodbye. Um, here we go. Which one's the first floor? Here we Ooh. go. First floor. So uh, men would have been here on the ground floor on in these quarters here. And women were on the second floor here. And David's room, of course, <gasps> is on the second floor with the women over Ew. here. So I just oh wanted my to God. show that little That's that so little disturbing. blueprint. Mm-hmm. They also had a um, a gym, a chapel, a very large ki- a kitchen, and a like bunker that was bit like buried under the ground for oh emergencies God. because doomsday, right? Yeah. So there was one person named Sherry Jewell. She ended up being David's twentieth wife. Uh, she moved all the way from Hawaii with her young daughter to Mount Carmel, her daughter, Kiri, uh, and Kiri's dad said that she was a good mom and that they didn't understand why she did, um, to Kiri what she did under David's influence. So we'll get into talking about oh, Kiri in just a little bit. I'm, I don't think it's right here in these notes, but Kiri herself says that David became the most important thing in her mom's life, period. Mm. Anything else was just like, she didn't really care. Everything about her life became about David. Mm. And Kiri also says that David himself was extremely vulgar and constantly being very descriptive and openly talking about sex in front of children. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. He taught that the Sabbath day was for procreation. This was one of oh, his teachings. Oh, my God. So this is just an example of like him. He was very open all of the time. Didn't matter who was in front of him that like he was a very sexual person. Ugh. No matter who was around. Papa North. Right. <laughs> so... um. Kiri said he used his doctrine to fill the holes in himself because he had a large nose and skinny legs and couldn't get women. He was like conventionally not super attractive. He created this new prophecy that would fill those gaps for him within this community because he believed that he was, quote, a simple Messiah. He believed that... Um, God created the sinless Messiah, which would have been Jesus, mm. but that sinless Messiah couldn't relate to humans because they're sinless. And so that that's why God made him because he was a simple Messiah and understood sin and understood the urge to do things that you're not necessarily supposed to do. So he used <sighs> this to manipulate people. He was like, listen, oh I'm the simple God. Messiah. I am still from God, but I'm, I'm, I get it. Oh my God. And that really spoke to people, I guess. I can't imagine being alive on this earth and being like, yeah, I'm definitely a messiah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he told the group one day that 
all of the women uh, in the group would be his wives if he wanted them. And Kiri, the young girl, she was one of his favorite people. And at this point, she was a child. She was like nine when Mm. all of this first started. And so because he treated her as one of his favorite people, she knew that eventually she was going to be his wife. Mm. And it was very obvious and it was kind of like told to her. So um, even for the families who joined the Branch Davidians, even if it was like a husband and wife and kids, that marriage didn't mean jack shit to David Koresh. If he wanted your wife, he was going to get your wife. And the reasoning behind it was because he's God. Jesus Christ. And people would willingly hand over their wives. That's wild. There was one (laughs) specific couple. I think the last name is Schneider or Schroeder something. Mm. Um, It was a husband and a wife. And they were trying to conceive a baby. And she ended up getting married to David Koresh while still legally married to her husband and still trying to have a baby with her husband. And she got pregnant by David. And that guy, he was like David's side guy. He was like his uh, partner in crime and like did everything for him. Best friend. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so nasty. Isn't that weird? That's like bone chilling. (laughs) This is so gross. Um, wow. And he would call like all of these additional wives, uh, the wives of the house of David. <laughs> and it was, you know, being, it was a privilege to be able to be with him because he was God. And, um, too. and that he carried God's seed. So he wanted to implant God's seed into them. So being with him gave them the potential to hold more of God's literal children if that wow yeah wow god so um it was like some of his wives were 14 15 16 17 years old that's so sad and Kiri says that he used to take her on the back of his motorcycle and go up to the mountains and okay. that she knew that she was like super special solely because of him doing this because he didn't do this with anybody else. And she was at like 11 years old at this time. Oh my God. And one of these times Kiri's mom took her to a hotel room, I guess saying that she was going to be going on like a motorcycle ride to the mountains with David, <gasps> took her to a hotel room. David Koresh was in the hotel room. He made her take off her clothes and get in the bed naked with her, with him. Oh my God. And sorry, it's, my dog. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's not clear what happened in that hotel like they didn't talk about it in the pieces that i watched or the articles that i read but we can imagine what happened in that situation at that age something extremely inappropriate and her mom was there and totally okay with it and kiri says that because all of this was going on she literally taught herself how to disassociate to be able to like leave her body to be able to handle all of the the stuff that was happening to her wow and um god 
one of the members said that Carrie's mom was expected to give David her daughter and that, um, you know, doing whatever David said was the most important thing in her, in Carrie's mom's life. And, um, one of the other things that he preached was that he wanted to militarize his followers. So this was a big part again of what ended up happening was the militarization of this group. Lord. He would go to gun shows and purchase insane amounts of ammo and weapons. I mean, I don't even know how many guns, but tens of thousands of rounds of ammo. Wow. And he believed that Doomsday would be a a real war. He believed that a real war was going to break out between the people of faith in this community and in this compound. And it was going to be against the U.S. government. Mm. And that was what was going to start Doomsday. And that war was going to trigger the angels coming down and and starting the second coming from what I could understand. It's so crazy because I feel like I've totally heard this in like social groups and passing in my time <gasps> being at like school. Seriously. <laughs> People really believe this shit it is realer than it gets. Yeah. So scary. So because of this the whole group would have like regular shooting practice. Mm -hmm. They would make like a whole day out of it and have like picnics and potato salad and oh my god, so casual, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and this included children, mm. five year olds holding guns, oh doing target practice. And they knew, you know, what specific makes of guns look like. They knew how to hold them. They knew how to shoot them. Wow. I mean, you know, like little kids, single digit kids. Mm. Holding AKs. Mm. Um, the kids were taught, like, if they saw a helicopter flying over, like, go inside and get an adult because that means it could be happening. Wow. Not just, like, a helicopter flying over. Wow. And the adults would, like, sound some sort of alarm within the compound. Um, the kids were also taught that if the time came and they needed to kill themselves, not to shoot themselves in the temple because they may live. Instead, they need to put the gun inside of their mouth and point upwards to make sure that they die. This wow. was something that they were teaching their children. Wow. I don't know what more I can say to this. This is it's just mind boggling. Wow. They also, uh, the women of the compound would sew homemade um, bulletproof vests and uh, fighting this war as hard as they could is what would bring down the angels to bring the end of times and the second coming or whatever. I don't know. And he taught everyone that eventually the government was going to come for them that it would be a war to end all wars. And they did come and did exactly what he said they were going to do. And that is why things went the way that they did. Because everything that he prophesized about what was going to happen during this doomsday scenario, it fucking happened. Wow. So the ATF 
is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. The ATF begins investigating the Branch Davidians because a UPS delivery driver is delivering a package to David Koresh, and the box broke open, and it was full of grenades. What the fuck? And so the UPS driver had to report it. And it was reported to the sheriff and then to the ATF. So um, there were also over several years a ridiculous amount of gunshots fired police phone calls made by people in the area to police saying like, hey, I hear gunshots or whatever. So all of the gunfire calls to police for years prior to the sheriff along with this incident had the ATF very concerned and that's why they began this whole investigation into the Branch Davidians. So June of 1992, the ATF starts investigating about illegal firearms manufacturing and allegations of child abuse specifically being done by David Crush. They titled this investigation Operation Trojan Horse. 77 agents were involved in the initial raid, and this was more than just a search warrant. They knew that there was – is my camera blurry or is it just my lighting? That's – oh I hit the space bar. Can you hear me? Oh, fuck. I can't hear you. No! Hold on. Because I don't have my microphone on. Oh, you it's, scared it, me, bitch. Is my is it is my it's camera just the sunlight? It's like the sunbeams are coming through. Do you want me to see if I can like close the, the sure, if you want to curtain really quick? One this second. is an insane story. I can't get over how everything came true. That's just bizarre to me. Oh my god. What are we sipping on tonight, ladies and gents? I'm sipping on barefoot wine to go. And I'm feeling a little tipsy, but I'm scared as fuck. There was like a two-inch part of the window that wasn't covered up. And of course, of course, it's the only two inches that are right in your way. <laughs> two so. inches. So one of the ATF agents that was working on this case said that it felt like a military operation. They staked out at a mock compound and practice executing this warrant um, over several days because they knew based on all of the, the purchase records from the gun shows and stuff, there was like hundreds, if not over a thousand guns in this place. So they had to treat it like it was a military operation solely because of the amount of weapons, ammo, explosives all of that stuff they had to treat it as if it was like they were going into war it's crazy i had no idea this happened i've insane. never heard of this this is insane so their first mission while executing this was to secure the arms room which if you remember in that picture i showed you it's right in front of david's room mm. on the second floor and so while they were doing this the dallas team which is what they called it, uh, was supposed to go into the front door up to the second floor and clear all the women and children out. And uh, the Houston team was to clear the first floor of all of the men. 
The rest of the team would make a parameter around the compound and clear out anyone that was out there um, to prevent them from getting back inside. They knew that this was a cult from the beginning, from the time that they started the investigation. There was a phone call made and it was like, hey, listen, this is a cult. So oh, everybody who was working on this case knew. Um, they knew that gun wise that they were outnumbered, which mm -hmm. is just crazy to me. So it was extremely important that they secured the arms room immediately once starting this definitely many agents knew that this plan sucked because of the sheer number of people and firearms that they were up against uh but they went through with it anyways because of the amount of money being dealt with from buying and modifying guns and ammo and that was their motive throughout this whole thing like yeah oh lots of guns whatever it was the sheer amount of money Mm. That was like, I told Danny when I was doing research about this the night before last, I was like, I don't know how they afforded all of this. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I was thinking I was, the same thing earlier. I was like, he bought guns in bulk. Like, that's yes. crazy. And it was like, you must have been laundering money or something. something. So there was a lot of money that was in this, which is why they were they got involved. Jesus. So some of the agents literally looked at a, a look around at each other and they were like, no matter what, this is going through because look at how much money is being spent. That was a quote from a wow. documentary that I watched. Um, the undercover part of this investigation involved ATF setting up stake on, at a house across the street from the compound. Um, they put four... 40-year-old men in this house and expected them to pretend like they were college students. Not only did they do that, when they moved these four students into this house, instead of moving furniture like normal people would, they were moving equipment and giant briefcases. So it was suspicious from the jump. Like the Davidians were already looking at this like, what are you doing? This is shady. They literally blew their cover before they even started. So one of the agents that was like um, involved in the undercover part, his name was Robert Rodriguez. He was um, the ATF officer that they plan they planted to actually join the Branch Davidians to get eyes from the inside. So he actually joined the cult. His job was to find out their involvement with automatic weapons and grenades and stuff of like higher velocity and power. Sure. He was the only voice of what was going on inside of how controlling David Koresh was. And the FBI underestimated the religious control that he had over these people. He was training soldiers for God is what he called them. They truly believed that the U.S. government was bringing the apocalypse to them. So when all of this happened, it only made their faith stronger because what David said would happen, happened. Did I hit the button again? Do you have your mic off or did I hit my button? 
Okay. I said, that's Sorry. fucking crazy. It was my mic. I feel I like could I could read your lips. Ugh. I could read your lips, but I was just like, I don't know what she say. Up. That's so, crazy, dude. Every step and move that they made played into this apocalyptic prophecy of the Branch Davidians, hmm. which is why this turned out so bad. <laughs> oh, God. Here we A go. news crew found out. I don't know how it found out. Uh, one news crew found out about the impending search warrant. And to get their breaking story, they went out to the compound and they got lost. And while they were lost, a mailman asked what was going on. You know, why is a news crew out here in yeah. rural Waco, Texas? I mean, they were removed from everything. They were out in the country. Yeah. He was like, what the hell is going on? And he was a Branch Davidian. So when the <gasps> news crew told him what was going on, he immediately went back and told David. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. And so David Koresh's response to hearing this information was to sit down Robert Rodriguez. At this point, he did not know that he was a plant. Like, he didn't know for sure. Oh but God. he told him that he knew that he was a plant. And that he knew that they were coming. And he told Robert, they got me once, but they're not going to get me again. And he shook Robert's hand and said, good luck. And oh sent him out God. of the compound. So Robert went back to the ATF command center and said, they know that that we're coming. They didn't believe Robert saying that. And... Many of the agents wanted to call it off, but they didn't. So, they, uh, wow. Um, Robert's like, listen, like they know that we're coming. Like we need to change our plan or we need to do this quickly or something. Yeah. And nobody believed him. Oh, my God. This so, is so frustrating. <laughs> incredibly frustrating. Wow. And there's been like over the past 20 30 years since this happened there's been lots of like court cases supreme court talks and congress talks about where things went wrong what could have been done different and blah blah i mean there's all kinds of stuff on it that's been talked about after the fact because of how bad this went down jesus so david knowing that they're coming he immediately gets everybody to start preparing mm. he doesn't know when they're coming but he knows that they're coming so his immediate reaction is to get everything prepared. So a bunch of helicopters start heading over Mount Carmel, which is the compound. Oh, no. And there are giant trucks with cattle trailers on the back of them. But instead of cattle inside, it's a bunch of ATF agents. <gasps> okay. So there's like a hundred, a hundred or more of these agents coming out of the back of a of a cattle trailer. My goodness. So the news media followed these trucks as well. The Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah. And it was when the two trucks with the trailers attached to the back, they pulled into the front gates of the compound and pulled up basically to the front door. And all of the people started getting out and they're like, there's nobody outside. <gasps> it's like dead silent Nobody is in, nobody's in outside. The They're oh all gosh. in the compound. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. So not only were they all in the compound, 
they all had guns like pointed out the window and they oh, were ready no. to fire are you kidding me oh my no. god did the news crew get this on camera mm-hmm. oh my god every part of this was on live tv oh my god mm-hmm. how did so, i not know about this oh there god. was roughly 150 people inside of the compound of the branch davidians um all with guns they ready. were inside of it with unlimited access to ammo and guns mm. um and their plan was to um the atf their plan was to still go through the front doors and like get up on the roof and go through the windows so joanne vega that's ursula's sister that's the mm. that's the other one so margarita's daughters ursula and joanne joanne is the younger of the two she says that she was still in pjs looking out the window and all she could see was a bunch of little black dots which <gasps> were um atf agents um agents say that as soon as they stepped out of their vehicles they started to hear popping sounds which were gunshots oh my god who shot first is still undetermined. We still huh. don't know which side it was, whether it was ATF or what it if it was the Davidians. Really? Yeah. Huh. And it's because I think it's because there were so many people. It's just yeah. hard to tell where it Nobody came from. Nobody knows. And after they started hearing these little pops, it was over. Like All gunfire ensued yeah. from both sides. I mean, boom, 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 nonstop. Wow. Everyone was shooting. You could not hear anything but guns. It was just gunfire. You watch this too, by the way. Oh my God, Sam. Oh my God. <laughs> David, he went downstairs and he walked out of the front door to talk to the ATF agent saying, Hey, there's women and children in here. He like came out with his hands up. They all stopped <laughs> shooting. And he's like, There's women and children in here. Like, let's talk, blah, blah, blah. And so what the agents did was they started running towards him because they're they oh, want to no. get him under control. Yeah. So what did he do? He went right back inside. He took two steps, went right back inside, shut the door, locked the door. Oh, and my he was God. like, Well, that's we're not gonna get through talking. But at that time when he walked out of the front door, he was shot. He was really? shot in like the the hip area what a dumbass um, but also like bullets were blasting through the windows into the children's room glass was falling oh. on top of children's heads um that's atf agents started to get on top of the roof to enter <gasps> through the windows um and when trying to get through one of the windows there is a really good clip which i don't have the clip but i have a picture of it this right here, this guy, oh he is like breaking God. the window open and he stands up to get inside of it. And this guy right here gets shot. <gasps> and it's, I mean, you can watch the clip. He got shot in the thigh and in the hip, I think. Oh my God. I will be watching this. This sounds very, It's very on Hulu. Crazy. And I think you've got my Hulu so you can watch it. It's really too. good. Oh my so this God. was 30 minutes of fight. Oops. I minimized my screen. 30 minutes, 45 minutes of just straight up fire, That's like crazy. gunfire. Wow. There were casualties on both sides. Um, that first morning of the siege was the beginning of the fulfillment of David's prophecies. 
So um, at this point, the ATF's main objective was to get a ceasefire so that they could figure out, you know, like how many people are dead, how many people are injured, and they can get their wounded out. Because at this mm-hmm. point, with all of the shooting, they couldn't do that. Wayne Martin, he was a Davidian. He called 911 telling them that the compound was surrounded by men shooting, that there were women and children inside, and to call it off. He's like screaming into the phone saying, call it off, call it off. And you can hear the gunfire in the background. Mm. Larry Lynch was the man who answered the phone on the 911 side. And he was trying to negotiate with Wayne at this point. And he was telling Wayne to cease fire so that ATF could get their injured and casualties out. Larry had one eight hour class in negotiations before this happened, which is just ridiculous to me. One eight hour class on how to negotiate a hostage situation before he was thrown into this. Wow. Totally underprepared. And so Wayne's response to them trying to get a ceasefire was, I have a right to defend myself. And that that was the mindset of everybody in there. Was Lord. that y'all shot at us and we're we have a right to be here and y'all are imposing on our rights and we have a right to defend ourselves. That <sighs> they didn't think that they were doing anything wrong. Wow. So the call was lost. And when Larry called back, he got David on the phone. And so he says, this is David Koresh, the notorious. How egotistical and narcissistic. During this phone call, he was cold, compartmentalized, separated from like what was going on. Like just like. What's wrong, man? Baseline, pretty much. Wow. Just like so baseline. That's bizarre. Um, And he's like, what'd you guys do that for? You brought a bunch of guys <gasps> out here and killed some of my children. We told y'all that we just wanted to talk. That is a direct quote what? from the 911 The way he's calls. reacting, ew. He just oh didn't care. God. <clears throat> Now there's a bunch of us dead and a bunch of you guys dead. Now that's your fault. I know it sounds crazy to you, but you're going to find out sooner or later. There are seven seals. And Larry says, can I interrupt you? Can we, we can talk theology, but right now. And David says, no, this is, and this is the only time that he's kind of like emotional. He's like, no, this is life. This is life and death. Theology is literally life and death. Uh, Fair point. So Larry was trying to talk about getting the firing to stop and David just wouldn't focus on that. Talking to him, it was like talk running around in circles and mm. ugh. someone within the compound said that David was shot and dying, which spread through the whole compound, which he was shot, but I don't think that he was dying. Um, mm. David called his mom, and this is also a recording as well. I think it was a voicemail, and he said, Mom, it's your boy. They shot me, and I'm dying, but I'll be back real soon. I'm sorry you didn't learn the seals, but I'll be merciful. Tell Grandma I tried, and I'll see y'all in the skies. Wow. What a nut job. I'll be merciful. That is bone chilling. To his own mother. Mm-hmm. Also, in in one of the documentaries I watched, someone said that like his mom just wasn't right in the head, and it's almost like she's proud that he amounted to something, even though it was evil. Oh, that is a bone chilling statement. Oh yep. my goodness. 
After a while, the ATF stopped firing solely because they ran out of ammo. So the wow. Davidians stopped firing too. All that ammo. Mm -hmm. Gone. At this point, everyone in the compound agreed to cease fire, and slowly all the agents got up and they started to leave. Four dead agents and 28 injured. That's just wow. on the ATF sides. ATF was pissed that they had four people die and almost 30 people get hurt yeah. at this point they're like i fucking want revenge you know like the cop Hell mindset yeah. where it's yeah. like one of us dies and we're like yeah. we are fucking coming for you bro yeah so this closed out day one of the siege atf didn't expect the siege to last more than two days katie Oh my God. This siege in Waco, Texas, in this compound, lasted 51 days. Holy shit balls, bro. Insane. It lasted from February 28th all the way to April 19th. Holy cow. Wow. They, um, <laughs> my mom said, get, get the, the tanks. tanks. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, they So the ATF, they retaliated by bringing in giant tanks and military trucks and more helicopters. Oh, boy. Thousands of news people showed up. So it, they were in this big rural area, and it was pretty much just flat. And so, like, you had the compound in this one area, yeah. and ATF is surrounding it. And then on, like, the outskirts in these big fields, it's all just news people. That's and people crazy. with binoculars. It's fucking weird. So the wow. media attention was great for David Koresh. That was exactly what he wanted. That's what he, he wanted. wanted. He wanted the media attention. Mm, mm, mm. Within minutes of the end of the first day of the siege, he was on the phone talking to the media, which to CNN, I think it was. He also had a film director fax him a contract for movie rights at the end of the first day of the siege. For some Americans, this was the government trying to get a cult that was stockpiling weapons under control. And for some, it was a violent overreach and violation of rights by the government. Mm. So it was very split. Like some people were just like, yeah, this needs to happen because they're, you don't need to have any that many guns. And then there were yeah. other people who was like, they well, it's their right to have these guns. You oh, know? God. So of course it became political. Uh-huh. So the Davidians were 110% devout and prepared to see this whole thing through. They would not be giving up. And I think that's what the ATF expected, that eventually they would just give up. But this was right. their whole life. This was their religion. You're right. This was yeah. This is, they've been prepping for this. Yeah. It was everything that they believed in. And the biggest thing that was taught to them and prophesized by their prophet and their Messiah, the biggest, most important thing, you are making it come true. So, <sighs> of course, they're not going to back down. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's so scary. Oh it's scary. Just thinking about it like that. It almost feels like watching it happen and hearing about it. It almost feels like it, it was a prophecy that was it supposed does. to happen. It's, it's weird. so scary. It's like, yeah, you know what? If this is the hill you're going to die on, honestly, probably same <laughs> if I believe what you believed, you right. know? So Jeez. then the FBI is trying to negotiate with David. 
So the FBI negotiator says, you're telling me that children are innocents, but you want to keep them in there. What's the purpose of that? And David said, hey, that's none of your business. You people are just so arrogant, so proud, and so foolish. Why don't you learn the everlasting gospel? Why don't you believe uh, Revelation 14? Why don't you uh, fear God and give him glory? Like this is how every time that they tried to talk to David Koresh, this is how craziness. The focus of the FBI at this point was solely to get the children out. It was like after we get the kids out, we can we can think about the adults, but that was a way harder feat. So they wanted to get these children out. And FBI negotiator says, "Let's send them out of the house right now." And David's just like, "No." Uh, what if, what I'd like for you to do is like send a couple of children out, um, before it gets, and then he's kind of cut off and it's Steve Schneider, the, the right hand guy yeah. who's like wife he gave to David. He says, it's not possible. I just asked him. He said, no, oh. the sending out children. So everything was controlled by David. David finally agreed to start sending kids out two by two if they agreed to read specific scripture over the loudspeakers and the radio at the compound, which you could hear it for miles. Six kids got out on the first day. And day two of the siege, a total of 10 kids were released. So 16 children total came out of that building. Mm. He wanted the public to think that if kids died, they died at the hands of law enforcement. It wasn't him. It was the government. It was all of the people that were outside of the compound, not him. So Kathy Schroeder, she had four kids. Um, Her husband was with her in the Davidians. Her husband was killed by ATF, which made her... Mm extremely angry and she later said that it was one thing for me to die that i believed in i was ready to do that but i wasn't sure that i was ready for my kids to do that Mm. and i think that there were several people in this group that felt that way that they were totally believe they were totally ready to do it themselves but how do you how do you subject your kids to that right Right. So, um, oh my God. many, many parents sent their kids out, but still refused to leave themselves mm. or they were told that they couldn't leave. You can send your kid out if you want to, but you're not going anywhere. Wow. Eventually there were 18 kids total sent out throughout the whole thing. There were 18 sent out and there were 20 of them still inside with these kids, the ATF agents, had them placed in an emergency shelter that was specifically just for like the Davidian kids. It wasn't like they were going to take these 18 kids to foster care and throw them. Right. They, they had like a house or whatever specifically for these kids and people specifically to take care of them. Well, with having these kids in this emergency shelter and all of them together, they really got to see how fucked up their upbringing was because these children would play around about shooting each other in the head. They mm. would sing songs about the apocalypse, which one of the songs said, one of the songs goes, we got to hold up the bloodstained banner. We got to hold it up until we die. 
That's how the song oh was my going. God. And there is video of like five children jumping on a bed singing this song. Wow. Younger, younger children were drawing pictures of the compound engulfed in flames. And when they were asked about it, they said, none of your business or you'll find out. Mm. Yeah. So survivors said through the siege that water and food were rationed, that they'd be lucky to get eight ounces of water a day. And they all had um, two MREs each. MR what? MREs, meals ready to eat. It's like ah, what, um, gotcha. what soldiers eat. Gotcha. They come in like little bags. Yeah. So agents asked for the members still inside to make a video to be able to put faces to names and kind of get an understanding and a head count of how many people were left inside. So Koresh came on the video, showed his gunshot wound in uh, on his side uh, in front of several young children and then pulled the kids into the frame saying that this was his family, that they were all his biological kids and all very obviously scared of him. Um, and that they listened to every word. Now it's not certain how many biological children that David Koresh had on record. It's three. But based on the videos from inside of the compound, it could be between 17 and 20. Mm. My personal belief is that he let out all of the kids that were not biologically his. And <gasps> all the ones that were left Great were his kids. So the 20 that were still left inside, my theory is that they were biologically his. If not almost all of them. Wow. That's a great theory. Um, each member was asked if they were there in their own free will. They all said yes um, in this video that they were sending to the ATF. And the ATF agents responded by also sending a video back showing that, you know, the four or five of them that were working on this case, they were husbands. They had wives. They also had children. They were showing pictures of their kids. And this was to get some sort of like common ground and rapport right. with the people that were in there, which would hopefully lead to easier negotiations. Um, and when they were asked, how could they end this? Agents were met by David saying, give me the coverage. Give me the coverage that I want, the news coverage. So awful. So David recorded a cassette tape with a scripture message that he wanted to be played on the radio. It was broadcasted on a religious network and it said, um, oh, sorry. He made a deal with ATF that if they allow me to have the national coverage with this tape. Oh, yeah, this is what it said. I made a deal with ATF that the, if they allowed me to have national coverage with this tape, that all of the people we will give ourselves over to the world. Which, what he said in that to me is like a riddle. We will give ourselves over to the world. That doesn't say we'll right. come out, we'll surrender. We will give ourselves to the world. When I heard that, I was like, that's mm. shady. It is shady. Mm -hmm. I agree. So the people inside, they started packing. They started getting ready to leave. But literally right after that was aired... Silence. They heard nothing from inside of the <gasps> compound for hours, like eight hours. 
Um, and they finally got David on the phone and his response was, my God told me to wait. That's all I'm doing. What? So the FBI is pissed at this point. Um, and this escalates things a hundred percent. That's when the tanks were moved in and moved towards the compound. Oh no. And David, his response was, now you're going to go knuckles to knuckles and have an all out. Like, oh my god like this is no big deal this guy is psycho <clears throat> negotiations were getting absolutely nowhere on day 27 helicopters started uh, shining spotlights all night long and loudspeakers sending messages then playing ridiculously loud music um trumpet sounds phone ringing sounds alarm sounds and they did it ridiculously loud all night long to try and rile up the people in there and kind of just drive them crazy to see if that would get them to come out no it didn't um and at this same time so the tactical people on the ground are antagonizing the people inside of the compound and the negotiation team is still trying to negotiate but this whole situation screwed the negotiation team because the tactical team on the ground is doing exactly the opposite of what you're trying to do so it makes you look like a liar so day 40, by this time, it was like a tourist attraction. There were people coming wow. with binoculars, chairs, picnic baskets. How and did they not know about this? This is insane. You weren't born yet. Oh, it's just crazy that nobody like really talks about this. Like that is bizarre. I know. It's very strange. Mm, and then finally, they de- the FBI decides we're going to let David Koresh's attorney into the compound, which is like unheard of. Why are you going to let your somebody as attorney, a defense attorney, into a crime scene? So it was very weird, but they weren't getting anywhere with David. So his attorney said he'll surrender after he writes his interpretation of the seven seals. And at this point, the FBI is fed up and they don't believe it because he's already lied once. Yeah. And they started talks of forcing people out with non-lethal force, which was tear gas. That's when they started talking about this and killing David. Mm. So day 51, last day, my mom said, I watched, I watched it, it on, on TV. TV. Oh my it was God. Every day of this, it was live on television. That's crazy. They were streaming the whole thing. Wow. So April 19th, 1993. Wow, that's crazy. That was just a couple of days before I was born. That's, that's bizarre. weird. It was randomly. This was the only day out of all of the days that they were there at this siege. It was windy as hell. The wind was between 35 miles and 45 miles per hour. When this And this is important. It's pertinent to the story in just a few minutes. Okay. So news crew sees a tank with an extended arm on front, on the front of it, pointing towards the windows. Over the loudspeaker, it said, this is not an assault. Do not fire your weapons. If you fire, fire will be returned. With this message, they insisted that David had the power to stop all of this at any time. Because it was, it's true. David mm-hmm. was control of everything and it wasn't going to stop until David said that was. Yeah. That extended arm on the front of the tank was pushed 
through the wall of the building and um one through the front door so there was two tanks with these oh like extended arms and one went through the windows of the second floor towards david's bedroom and one went through the front doors the front double oh doors god. oh my god everyone inside was being woke up told get your mask get your mask get your gas masks none of the gas masks would have fit the children because children's have smaller faces so the parents were soaking towels and water for them to put over their face and over their eyes for several hours they pumped this tear gas into the compound nobody ever came out and then Suddenly, the building starts smoking. <gasps> what? So I'm going to show you a picture. Oh, my goodness. So then all of a sudden, all you see on the news is this. And there's, like, smoke coming up from a couple of places here. Oh, you can't no. really see it in this picture. But this is what it looked like. And it just starts smoking. But within minutes of uh, probably not even minutes. So the building is like you see that the building's starting to smoke and everybody's like, that's kind of weird. Like that doesn't look like just tear gas is coming out of the windows. And then boom, it was on fire. What? And within minutes, it was engulfed because the, because the winds were so bad that day. The building was completely engulfed in flames here i'll show a picture of it oh my god so this is what it looked like afterwards there was like nothing left oh my god it was completely burnt to the i mean this is what everybody saw on the news the whole thing was just engulfed that's horrifying and the thing is is that the atf they're like we don't know if they did that on purpose or if it was an accident or whatever but it's also not 100% determined that the ATF didn't cause it themselves. <gasps> it is completely undetermined as to how that fire started. But there are recordings from inside of the compound where David is telling somebody to get the fuel and pour it in the halls you hear and don't oh, use all no. of it we may need some of it later so the assumption is is that they started the fire mm-hmm. and that they they did it themselves supposedly david also there was also um diana says me too i i really do think that they started the fire themselves there were two guys in one of the documentaries that i watched who were in they were survivors and they were in it until the bitter end. They jumped out of the windows, you know, wow. fire. So they were in it. And they said that David told the moms to take the kids into the underground bunker. Um, but the, one of the second floor staircases collapsed. So there were several people that <gasps> were stuck upstairs. And the 40 mile per hour winds were just so insane that the building, it took seconds. For it to that just be is crazy. This is like, yeah, it was oh my god, it's craziest shit I've ever heard in my life, dude. And one of the negotiation agents, his name is Byron Sage. Over the loudspeaker, he said, "You claim to be the prophet. You claim to be the Messiah. The time is to lead your people out now. I mean, the place is on fire, yeah. and he's saying this over the loudspeaker. If you're the Messiah, if you're the prophet, get your Save people out." Them. And he didn't. 
And Mm. so 95 people inside, 17 were under the age of 10, 25 of them were under the age of 18. Some of them jumped out of the windows. And then, boom, there's a giant explosion on the second floor, which it looked like a fucking bomb went went off. Wow. Which the ammo and gun room was on the second floor. So it very well could have been an actual explosion. Wow. At the end, David had a bullet wound in his forehead. Oh, wow. So you couldn't burn to death. Yeah, you couldn't burn to death. Everybody else has to. Burning to death is a terrible death. It's one of the most painful ways to die. But like, it's horrific. That is horrific. At the end of the day, several people were shot, were, you know, killed with gunshot wounds. Some of them were self inflicted and some of them weren't. So, I mean, (gasps) with the fact that they had several guns, I'm sure that there were people that could choose. But wow. Nine people survived that day. None of the survivors that survived that day were children. None of them. Oh, my God. 78 people died. And all of the work that the ATF did trying to save people with all of the negotiations and talking and stuff for 51 days, it was for absolutely nothing. That place burned to the fucking ground. Wow, wow, wow. And everything was gone. Dude, this is insane. I can't get that's, over this. That's the story of Waco, Texas. That and like is I said, so crazy. That is the craziest shit you've said <laughs> on this channel so far. You like, think that so? Is crazy. I do. That is bizarre. I'm blown away. I will. Blown like I away. said, there's been a bunch of court stuff because like the ATF, they just went about things a completely wrong way. And they're just like, did y'all know that the kids didn't have gas masks? Did y'all know that the gas mask wouldn't fit the kids? It's just like, it's like they did it on purpose. It's like that was supposed <sighs> to be their purpose or something. It's crazy. insane, crazy, crazy, crazy. Wow, Thank really you for sad story. That. Very yeah. sad. That is literally the most depressing thing I've ever heard, and I had no idea that it happened. The fuck. It's I've scary. always heard people be like, Waco, Texas, hostage situation right. over here. Like, they, I hear them say that in movies and stuff, <laughs> but wow, that's just crazy. Crazy. Good story. Ooh, very good story. I feel very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys would like to, you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Two Ghouls Podcast. We also have Two Ghouls Podcast or Two Ghouls dot com. No podcast. You if we you go to Two Ghouls Podcast, you'll actually go to our merch site. Oh, but- we gotta change our overlay. Oh no, yeah, you're right. I do. Yeah. So go to twoghouls.com and you'll find our blog there. You'll find all of our stuff. Uh, all of our videos are tagged in there. So you guys can go to the channel from there as well. Um, our merch is on there. Yeah. And and I want to say one more thing about our Facebook situation. We have a group. So if you guys are ever interested in joining a group on Facebook, we have one that's solely meant for spooky memes yes. and <laughs> friends and fun and like everybody just it's like it's like it's like joining it's a, cute a giant little group spooky hug. community. It is. It's very nice. It. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Aunt Vicky. Appreciate Thanks, that. Mom. <laughs> and we appreciate you guys coming out and staying for so long. Thanks yeah. for uh yeah, chatting it up with us. It was fun. Anyway. Good times, good times. Good times, good times. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.